this is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona. This is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is going to have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. War Room Battleground. It's Natalie G. Winters taking over, I guess, now the second hour of the War Room on today. Wednesday, January 10th. I don't know how Steve does it for four hours a day, six days a week, but I'm honored to work with someone who has the strength and capacity to do that. I know you guys love him and miss him too, but don't go anywhere because we have a very packed show focusing primarily on the upcoming Taiwanese elections, but through the lens of how that impacts the United States. And as Bradley Thayer has so brilliantly, I think, pointed out, how they're really using what is going on in Taiwan, the election there, as sort of a trial run for Chinese Communist Party influence here in the United States. So without further ado, I thought it would be probably fitting to bring in some real experts on the subject matter, and that is, of course, the Chinese Communist Party's mortal enemy. Enemy number one is the new federal state of China, and Nicole, who we love so much, uh, from the NFSC, to come on and sort of walk us through ahead of these elections what we should be on the lookout for now, I know there's been a lot of reporting on fighter jet intimidation campaigns and balloons being flown. We obviously have our own experience with Chinese spy balloons here in the United States. But if you want to walk the audience through what this military intimidation is looking like in Taiwan, um, I'm sure they'd appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for having me on. It's so great to be with you. So yes, the Taiwan presidential election is only two days away, and this is a very pivotal uh, presidential uh, election because Taiwan is in a very important node um, in the Indo-Pacific uh, region that matters most to the U.S. national interest. If we lose Taiwan, like how Hong Kong is lost to the CCP, then we lose the entire Indo-Pacific uh, U.S. national security in that region. So Taiwan's bat is very important battleground. And so it matters a lot, not only because Taiwan is Silicon Valley number two. I mean, it provides our vital, um, you know, chips uh, for our uh, industry in this country, but also Taiwan is the most vibrant democracy in that uh, region. I mean, this year, more than 19.5 million Taiwanese people have registered to vote. And in the last Taiwanese um, US uh, presidential election, the turnout is 75 compared with our US election in 2020 turnout only at 66%. So that's why the CCP has been, you know, doing the saber rattling, economic coercion and trying to influence the outcome of this Taiwan election. They definitely want the pro Beijing parties uh, to succeed and that is the KMT Kuomintang and the TPP, the, you know, which is a smaller but also a pro-Beijing party. And the leading candidate, William Lai, or Lai Qingde from the DPP, uh, has been leading the poll all the way, and he's most detested by the CCP. So it would be very interesting to watch how, how this election is going to turn out, but definitely uh, the CCP uh, has not spared any effort um, to to uh, with the election uh, interference. 
you well know with the CCP's, you know, three warfares doctrine, that lawfare is a key component of that. And your movement has faced that head on. Um, but I'm, I'm just curious too the alternative way, sort of the unrestricted warfare approach to how the Chinese Communist Party is coming after Taiwan, particularly on, on the economic front. Um, I know you were, were explaining to me how they're banning Taiwanese imports, sort of going after them from a financial and lawfare perspective. Could you sort of talk about that, but also how you think that this could potentially be used against the United States or, or other countries sort of as a dry run for a more global application of this? Absolutely, great question. You know, um, interestingly, uh, Communist China is Taiwan's largest trading partner. It is also the most existential threat to Taiwan's national security. And the last uh, Taiwanese president, Ma Ying-jeou from the KMT, while he was in the um, in uh, um, uh, as the Taiwanese president, he deepened Taiwan's economic ties with the communist China. So that's why, uh, you know, Taiwan's economy is wholly dependent on the CCP. So, so this is the reason why that we have been urging the U.S. to decouple from the CCP, because if we're placing our essential, um, you know, supply chain and pharmaceutical and many important industries in, in the hands of the CCP, then they can use the economic coercion try to influence our political uh, position. And that's exactly what the CCP is doing to Taiwan. For example, just uh, two weeks ago, um, the CCP announced the cuts of the tariff, um, you know, um, the, the trade tariffs on Taiwan's chemical products. And a couple of years ago, we know that the CCP banned the Taiwanese pineapple and other food and agricultural product but they're only targeting the counties and uh, businesses that are pro the DPP. So for example, if you are uh, you know, a, a county within Taiwan that supports the DPP or have been showing strong support uh, for, for the DPP, then any products, agricultural products coming from this county will be banned or face uh, tariffs, high tariffs uh, in Beijing. And But if you are pro CCP, then from that, you know, any agricultural product from that region will, you know, will, will not have to face the punitive trade policies. And that's a message that Beijing is trying to send to the Taiwanese voters that uh, if you are friendlier to Beijing, then you will have economic prosperity. If you are not friendlier with the CCP, then you will face punishment. And so that's exactly that we see very similar things uh, happening uh, to the U.S. And that's why so many Wall Street companies and uh, corporate Americas, they've been kowtowing to CCP for the exact same reason. And people remember John Cena and Houston Rockets and uh, Jamie Dimon and uh, Ridalio from, um, you know, from the uh, uh, Bridgewater. These people have been, you know, publicly apologizing to Beijing uh, for either supporting the Hong Kong protesters or saying that Taiwan is an independent nation or saying that something, you know, something critical of the CCP. So everything that, ha you know, happens to Taiwan that we can see some similarities here in the United States.
Now, Nicole, you know a lot of my reporting is focused on Chinese Communist Party infiltration here in the United States, but that is something that is not unique to what's going on on here. I know they're doing it in Taiwan, too. So can you talk to, to the audience a little bit about what it looks like, these foreign influence operations from the politician perspective? In other words, these influence campaigns, whether it's you know money or, or honeypots, however they, they do it, how is that influencing uh, the election and just politics more broadly there? Absolutely. I think, uh, Natalie, the reason why you got so many followers uh, from our movement, because you're probably um, the only person that I know who actually dig deep into the far right <laughs> filing, the foreign, uh, foreign Registration Act. You know, this is uh, uh, the, the, this act was introduced by Congress in 1938 uh, to fight Nazi Germans propaganda and influence peddling on the U.S. soil. But very few few people actually, you know, uh, research and did very deep research into the f filing. And a lot of your investigative reporting exposed how the CCP has infiltrated uh, in the U.S. politics, in business, uh, and they have not been held accountable for the FAR uh, violation. For, uh, for example, I remember you did an excellent investigative reporting showing that the mainstream media in this country, ranging from the New York Times and CNN and the Wall Street Journal and uh, MSNBC, these people, they are, they're sending their uh, editors and reporters are going to China, all being paid by the CCP. And that's exactly what the CCP is doing to the Taiwanese local politicians. In order to win the legislat uh, legislative race, the CCP has recently paid up to 600 local politicians from Taiwan to visit China. And uh, of course, you know, nothing is provided for free. You know, they want something in return which is their, you know, being opinion leader, they want this, uh, Beijing want these local politicians to influence their local, uh, you know, voters to vote for the pro-Beijing parties. And another example is that there's a, a legislative candidate, her name is uh, um, Ma Zhiwei. This woman has been found of taking tens of thousands of dollars uh, from Beijing and even given important intel to the CCP about this election. So this person has um, has been detained uh, by the Taiwanese government. And so these are some things that we already know from the media, but I'm sure um, the depth and the breadth of the CCP's unrestricted um, infiltration in the Taiwanese uh, uh, local politics is probably beyond measure. And last question before I uh, I let you go. Obviously, we hate TikTok here in the war room. None of us are, are on it. It's a psyop run by the Chinese Communist Party. But how has that social media platform and maybe some others been really leveraged and weaponized to allow the Chinese Communist Party to influence the election there or just the, the prevailing discourse on, on whatever the issue is? Absolutely. Great, great question again. Uh, I mean, the disinformation campaign in Taiwan, um, you know, launched by the CCP is very similar to what we're seeing in this country on the U.S. soil. For example, in Taiwan, there are over 5 million TikTok users, and that's a lot of people. And most of these uh, TikTok users are younger generation. They're young people in their 20s. And these people, uh, they have been indoctrinated and brainwashed by the CCP's disinformation campaign on TikTok. And it's just like 
in this country, so many young people have been, you know, brainwashed or influenced by the anti-Semitism spread by the TikTok users. And also the leading, uh, the presidential candidate, uh, Cohen Jay uh, from the TPP. Um, he's very pro-Beijing and he wants reunification with the CCP. I mean, this person has 1.6 million followers on TikTok. And uh, so I think the social media platform um, has been instrumental uh, to the CCP's uh, disinformation campaign. So I worry that things are happening to Taiwan's uh, presidential election is happening to the U.S. upcoming, uh, you know, um, uh, presidential election because the CCP's playbook is pretty much the same. I, uh, I think I, I was the one that had broken the story that the, the founder of TikTok, he admitted that they created the app to, quote, promote socialist core values and foster devotion to the Chinese Communist Party. And I think that is, is exactly what we're seeing play out in real time. Nicole, thank you so much for joining us. If people want to follow you, get in touch with the new federal state of China movement, where can they go to do all of that? Yes, absolutely. And uh, um, before you let me go, I want to add another thing about the honeypot, you know, because the CCP is very good at uh, corrupting the politicians. And uh, when these politicians or businessmen travel to China and uh, they will send, you know, sex bribes and put everything on tape. And according to our whistleblowers, and this is exactly when why the former Taiwanese president Ma Yingzhou is uh, it is spreading the Beijing's disinformation propaganda because he definitely has some tapes being held in CCP's hands. So you can follow us on NFSE Speak on X, formerly known as Twitter, or NFSE Speaks on Getter. And thank you so much for having me today. Of course, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Now, our next guest is Dr. Bradley Thayer, who is always writing wonderful commentary for the warroom.org website and always doing so much more. But I wanted to kind of take a step back because I think the, uh, the War Room posse, the kind of nationalist populist movement has maybe, you know, a bad memory, a bad taste in the mouth when we start to talk about other countries than our own, right? when we focus on the borders or, or, you know, geopolitical situation of, you know, Taiwan, and maybe it's the, the Ukraine syndrome, right? Um, I think there's a, there's a distinction between what's going on in Ukraine and Taiwan, of course, but in your opinion, and maybe I'm wrong on this, but can you explain to, to the audience why you think that Taiwan matters to the United States, but from an America first perspective, if you think that is the case? Uh, hi, Natalie. It's great to, to be with you again. Um, so uh, it certainly matters. Taiwan matters uh, to the United States and uh, to this audience uh, I, uh, for four major reasons. The first of which is that uh, Taiwan is the world's leading chip producer. So our economy is heavily dependent, of course, on those chips. Uh, and um, if anything were to interfere with it, with chip production, of course, which would happen if uh, China invades uh, Taiwan, uh, that would have a very significant impact uh, on a U.S. economy, which is already stressed due to the so many other problems that it has with respect to inflation or illegal immigration and uh, the stresses that are being introduced uh, by the Biden administration. 
The second reason why it matters is because Taiwan occupies critical geostrategic real estate. Uh, in conjunction with Japan and the Philippines, Taiwan occupies space that serves to bottle up uh, the People's Republic of China's aggression, its ability to access uh, the Pacific Ocean. Uh, so having Taiwan uh, as a partner of the United States is absolutely essential. Third reason why it matters is because Taiwan can also be used as a base uh, by uh, the United States, intelligence communities, of course, and the military uh, and other actors to project power against uh, against the People's Republic of China. And then fourthly, it matters because in the realm of political warfare, you're very attuned to this, Natalie, of course, that Taiwan is significant for two major reasons, one of which it shows what China should be, that Taiwan is a vibrant democracy with a flourishing economy uh, and um, that has a long tradition, of course, now of, of uh, elections um, and competitive political parties, democratic institutions. All of that shows uh, that uh, China could have those elements as well if the communists had not come to power in 1949 and taken China in a very dark uh, and uh, a, a terrible uh, direction. So it matters firstly in political warfare because it shows what uh, China might be, could have been, and at some point might be again if the CCP were overth uh, overthrown. The second reason why Taiwan matters is because the Taiwanese have great knowledge about what's happening within, um, uh, within China. Uh, and so uh, the Taiwanese can offer great help and assistance in identifying themes, uh, cleavages uh, in um, the People's Republic of China's uh, society uh, that can be exploited through political warfare uh, to undermine um, the uh, Chinese uh, Communist Party. So all of those reasons means Taiwan is a critical partner of the United States. Our economy is heavily dependent on it. Uh, in the war against uh, the People's Republic of China, Taiwan is a critical partner. And the Taiwanese have critical advice to give us and insights to provide about how to cut the head off the snake, which is how to uh, overthrow uh, the Chinese Communist Party uh, and remove that threat, existential threat, uh, from the United States uh, and from uh, the American people. Election integrity perspective that we should look at what's going on in Taiwan since the Chinese Communist Party is obviously so intent on influencing those election results. I think you said it first, but it's sort of a, a trial run for what they could potentially try to do here in the United States. Yes. So, um, uh, Joseph Wu, at the, the, the Taiwanese foreign minister at the beginning of the year, said that uh, uh, the uh, CCP is interfering in the Taiwanese election. No surprise there. And he identified mechanisms through uh, essentially uh, cyber means that they're going to be doing. As Nicole, secondly, as Nicole mentioned, right, traditions of bribery uh, interference. When Nicole mentioned the 600 local officials uh, who were invited uh, to uh, China, uh, of course, those are ways to buy influence um, within um, China. Um, and then there are coercive measures, for example, the satellite launch, airplanes, for example, all of that signaling uh, the Taiwanese people that um, 
communist China is looking at them very, very closely and wants to put the thumb on the scale uh, for uh, their favored candidates. But all of this is a trial run um, for the United States for November uh, 2024 and our U.S. Uh, presidential election, because uh, there are other mechanisms that Joseph Wu didn't mention um, that can be employed as well. Uh, we're worried about, of course, the employment of artificial intelligence and deep fakes uh, in that regard. We're also worried about uh, the uh, tens of thousands. No one really knows how many um, Chinese uh, uh, men of military age, very likely MSS agents or uh, PLA uh, agents or, or um, a people's police or other uh, authorities are coming into the United States. Those individuals, of course, uh, could be a fifth column. They could be used to um, conduct election interference operations. Uh, and so that provides muscle really for the Chinese Communist Party on the ground within the United States uh, to undermine uh, our elections. Other tools as well, Xi Jinping's embraced by the 400 individuals, uh, business leaders uh, who came uh, in San Francisco, in the, San Fran in the Bay Area, uh, who welcomed him at that unseemly and appalling meeting uh, that they had in mid-November. That's a key aspect of election interference too. What he's signaling is uh, to those leaders, business leaders have tremendous influence, of course, in Congress, elsewhere in Washington, of course, with the administration and with the society at large. Um, they're interfering in the election uh, by conveying their support to Xi Jinping. And Xi Jinping is saying to those 400 that, hey, he wants to ensure that uh, if you will, a pro-engagement candidate wins. That would be Biden or Gavin Newsom or Michelle Obama, uh, clearly, uh, as opposed to Trump, uh, who, uh, of course, uh, Xi Jinping does not want to have uh, elected. So we can see that there are many uh, mechanisms uh, that the um, PRC can use to interfere in our election, and Taiwan is uh, a test case for that. Some are very old-fashioned, like bribery. Uh, business influence, for example, all of that is, is quite well known. Others are perhaps more on the cutting edge when we're looking at how artificial intelligence uh, can be deployed as well. And then also something we have not had in American elections where there is a fifth column uh, physically interfering in the electoral process uh, and providing muscle uh, for the PRC to get behind their favorite candidates. Uh, so it's going to be, obviously, as um, War Room has stressed time and again, 2024 is a critical election year, uh, but it's going to be affected not just by what the Democrats do, uh, but also by what uh, and how the People's Republic of China interferes uh, in the election. <clears throat> Before I let you go, you had a wonderful piece up. I think it was an American greatness um, that ha had to do with kind of the Chinese military, how there may be projecting weakness when that actually wasn't the case. I'm sure Sun Tzu would be, uh, would be very proud. Um, but if you want to walk the audience a little bit uh, through that, I'm sure they'd appreciate it. And then I'll, uh, I'll let you go. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Yes, I, I wrote that with, uh, with Jim Fennell, uh, of course. And um, the piece was making the following argument that uh, there, is, uh, there has been recently a lot of attention paid purportedly to the weakness of Xi Jinping uh, and uh, his lack of control or perhaps tenuous control over the Chinese military. There have been a series of news reports. Natalie, of course, you're very familiar with those in terms of recent firings, 
um, uh, that have been done in, uh, by um, uh, senior uh, military uh, officials. There have been news reports about, for example, how Chinese nuclear capabilities are not what they are, but uh, there's corruption uh, in, um, uh, for example, their intercontinental ballistic missile force uh, and how that's been manipulated. Um, uh, Jim and I think that that's not accurate, that in fact, uh, as you said at the outset, introducing it, that it is uh, an aspect of conveying weakness when in fact they're very strong in terms of their growing conventional power and in terms of their tremendous growth in their nuclear arsenal and nuclear infrastructure, the ability to produce nuclear weapons at a large scale and the ability to deploy those on new systems at a strategic range, able to reach the U.S. or in a theater range uh, in Asia against India, for example, or our allies, Australia, the Philippines, uh, Japan, or even at a tactical level against, for example, of the U.S. Navy. Uh, so we made that argument. Additionally, we said that um, a very interesting development has occurred, and that is that there is now an admiral who is the, uh, uh, the Chinese defense minister. Uh, and that is an indication uh, of Xi's control, actually, uh, his ability uh, to not pick a general, which traditionally had been a Chinese defense minister, to reach out uh, to pick uh, a naval officer, an admiral, uh, to serve as a defense minister. And that's an indication of um, the uh, growing importance of maritime power, moving away from land power, uh, of course, which is still significant, of course, for China, but showing that um, the Chinese military has also greatly expanded its maritime presence, its ability to project power using its Navy and Coast Guard and affiliated uh, forces. And it shows, also works in tandem, of course, with its growing nuclear capabilities, uh, as I mentioned. So it shows uh, that the Chinese military is very dynamic, and growing in ways which are not traditional, showing that it is able to And uh, Dr. Thayer, we're coming up, up against a break, so I'm sorry, but I have to interrupt yeah. you there. If people want to follow you, read the pieces, where can they go to do all that? Uh, Brad Thayer at X or Bradley Thayer at Getter and uh, at Truth. Uh, Natalie, thanks very much. Of course, thank you so much for joining us. And you guys know the Biden regime is trying to project that the economy is strong when in reality it is so not, which is why you guys have to go to birchgold.com slash Bannon to get the latest installment of the end of the dollar empire. I think they're working on, on a new one. I'm sure you'll still be able to get all the, all the old ones, but you can give them a call, talk to Philip Patrick about why gold has always been a good investment from uh, the early days of civilization. And with that, we'll be back. We got more Taiwanese election unpacking, national security stuff, Colonel John Mills, Chris Chen, you name it. We'll be right back. Are you tired of progressive corporations and exhausted trying to keep up with all the virtue signaling when you're simply trying to buy products? Progressive corporate America continues to push messaging that further alienates conservative Americans, all while eroding the future of the American dream. It's prominent all over the country. Companies like Starbucks strong-arming their customers to support abortion. Financial services like PayPal canceling customers for their political views. Makeup companies like Maybelline making a mockery of women by supporting transgender models. And beer companies like Bud Light forcing gender ideology on you when all you want is to enjoy a cold beer.
thankfully, we don't have to fund these companies any longer with our hard-earned dollars. With Public Square, we now have a solution. It's simple. Join the movement of millions of patriotic Americans who love truth, our country, and our Constitution at publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com. Public Square is an app and website where you can get connected to tens of thousands of businesses from all different industries that share your value for life, family, and freedom. Whether you're looking to buy coffee, find a new athletic clothing that knows what a woman is, and shop for clean skincare, or simply find a new restaurant in your community that won't lecture you about your political views, publicsq.com is your resource. Public Square also offers discounts to many high-quality businesses on the platform so that you can actually receive incentive for spending money with companies that don't hate you. Public Square is free to join as consumer or a business owner, and you can get started today at publicsq.com. Remember, either as a consumer or a business owner, download the app now. That's publicsq.com, publicsq.com. True or false? Using your tax refund to pay off credit card debt is a smart thing. Actually, that's false. Donewithdebt.com published a brilliant strategy designed to let you keep your hard-earned tax refund and reduce or eliminate credit card debt. Most Americans owe thousands in credit card debt. In fact, Daily Mail's got a story that 56 million Americans carry credit card debt, and that debt will take years to pay off, if you pay it off at all. Done with Debt found that filing bankruptcy is usually not the answer. And taking out loans to pay off credit cards usually increases the debt. When you engage Done With Debt, their legal experts and skilled negotiators take on the credit card companies for you. Their winning strategies are designed with one goal. Solve your debt situation quickly and permanently. First things first, chat with a Done With Debt strategist and explore your solutions. Some debt fighting strategies are time sensitive, so you'll need to move quickly. For a free consultation, visit donewithdebt.com. That's donewithdebt.com. Do it today. Take action. I want to warn you of a huge change that could be coming to our money and our bank accounts. First, think back to 9-11, shortly after the government pushed through the Patriot Act. This gave the government power to spy on innocent Americans by monitoring our phone and email and tracking our movement across the Internet. Now, Jim Rickards editor of the independent financial newsletter Strategic Intelligence and New York Times bestselling author is warning about a coming event that could elevate this governmental surveillance to a terrifying new level. In fact, some of the guests I've had on The War Room believe that the government will soon expand their powers to track our every move. If we say the wrong things on social media, donate to the wrong causes, buy firearms, or even vote MAGA, the government may be able to shut us out of our bank accounts. I can't say for sure if this will happen, but it's an interesting and dire warning. Fortunately, Jim Rickards, an American patriot and friend of mine, has made it his mission to educate us on what he believes is coming and how to protect yourself from the possibility of programmable money. Watch Jim's warning video now before it's censored like I've been in the past. Go to RickardsWarRoom.com. That's RickardsWarRoom.com now to see the video. War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. 
Welcome back to the war room. It's still Natalie G. Winters holding down the fort, but don't worry, see, we'll be back tomorrow. And you also don't have to worry because we have, I think, one of the uh, the best and most prepared war room guests to come on very shortly. That is, of course, Colonel John Mills, who always brings the best charts and graphs. He knows I, I love them very much. Um, so, John, you're one of those those guests where I feel like I don't really even have to ask you a question because you're always so prepared. <laughs> so tell us what we need to know about, you know, these upcoming elections and feel free to take it as your own. Play the videos, show us the graphs, the clips. It's the, the floor is yours. Oh, thank you, uh, Natalie. It's always an honor to be on the show with you. And uh, it's morning time in uh, Taipei, Taiwan. Uh, hey, Logan, let's start with clip 141, please. To you because that was uh, being repeated in Ukraine, or this is the repetition of what's happening in Ukraine. And you can see the news link of this. Uh, that's a report uh, by Taiwan. And then uh, another thing, uh, uh, it's about the TSMC investment in uh, Arizona. You know, this is a big... Okay. Uh, so stop. Let's go to the still picture of the missile alert. Yeah, so this was a press conference by uh, uh, Joseph Wu, the foreign minister. And then a uh, short time later, we got interrupted by this missile alert that caused a bit of pandemonium in the room. Um, so uh, let's go to the next picture of the air tracks around Taiwan, that picture of the map of Taiwan and all the colorful lines around Taiwan. That's the most re yeah. So this was, uh, the person next to me was a Brit who was from a Spanish radio station in Beijing, and he didn't get the alert and was a bit panicked and wondering why he didn't get the alert. Uh, well, we'll talk about that. So I actually brought this question up at the press conference with uh, uh, Mr. Wu, and they actually were so interested. They came over directly to me, and they called upon, uh, this is the War Room and uh, World Worldview uh, Television, you know, uh, me representing both, and they, they, they wanted to, they called on me over some of these other players, such as uh, the, the New York Times, et cetera, et cetera, and they came and wanted to talk about this afterwards. This is the air track of the enduring high-altitude, long-endurance uh, long drones that are continually circling Taiwan. And I brought these up as one, it's a military message. Two, uh, it is uh, information warfare, cognitive warfare, which Mr. Wu and Mr. Lai and Xiaobai Kim, the vice presidential candidate went into. And I said, so it's a military message. It's, a, it's intimidation, it's coercion, which is illegal uh, per US law. Uh, it's also uh, cognitive warfare. It's also a safety of flight issue. And this is an exact reason why Taiwan should be let back into international bodies, such as ICAO, the International Civil Airline Organization. I had to fly through this. And, you know, okay, my, is my uh, my airliner going to bump into one of these uh, long dual drones that can be armed? These, these, these drones do have the capability of arms. So this is an absolute coercion and intimidation and a message of an ability to envelop uh, Taiwan. Let's go to clip uh, 53, please, Amy there. All right, everyone, this is Colonel Rhett John in uh, New Taipei City. And I got a somebody here named Amy. And Amy, where do you live at, actually? Los Angeles, uh -huh. California. So the Taiwan city of Los Angeles, California. So you came back here to vote, is that correct? I came back just for the vote, because it's 
I feel the urgency this time. And I never really voted here before. So if I could ask you, which candidate are you voting for? Oh, you mean here? Yes. The Green Party, of course. That is absolutely awesome, Amy. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for participating both, both, in, both in America and here. Um, I'm so happy I can join this historic moment with everybody here. I love it. Oh, this is great. Thank you very much, Amy. Thank you. Okay, let's go to clip uh, 170. Uh, let's go to 178, please. So, so Amy was there. She was uh, at the D, at a DPP rally. Been to several. The DPP is essentially make Taiwan great again. Let's go to 178 with Peter. This is Colonel Red John. We're at the uh, TPP rally uh, uh, with Peter. So Peter, what brought you to the uh, rally tonight? Okay, very good. So he's a fan of the TPP and Ko Wenjie. So, uh, so Peter, what was what is the biggest issue for the election in your mind? She wants to, um, Taiwan to, 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 to have a change because before in Taiwan it was just only two parties go against each other. Yeah, he wants to break this, situ this situation. Okay, so Peter would like to see, uh, yeah, there was a lot of fighting between the other two parties and so he'd like to see a new party come in and, and change the dynamic. So Peter, what Let's about go ahead Taiwan and, go and China? To, uh, clip 167. Oh, again, we're at the KMT rally. This is Han Ko Yu speaking right now. He was a former presidential candidate. He was the mayor of Kaohsiung. Uh, he lost in the 2020 election, but he's out campaigning for the KMT. Okay, let's go to clip one of uh, the one. Uh, oh my gosh, I can't see it there. Uh, the Wang Yi Trump one. That's clip 158. 158, yes. Now this is this is Team Taiwan. This is the DPP party. You're gonna probably see a picture. There he is, there he is. Long Yip Trump on the side. Okay, we can Okay, great, great. So it shows the diversity of the different candidates. So Green Team of Taiwan, that's the DPP. That's William William Lai and Xiao Bai Kim. They have a very close, they want a close relationship with America. And they're very populist out of the three parties. They are definitely the populist party. They want to be a sovereign. I mean, they, they feel they are already a sovereign, independent nation. They don't need to ask permission of anybody, especially that big uh, thuggish country to the left. And uh, they say, so, so they are, we're already our own country. And uh, he also, uh, uh, Dr. Wu also mentioned the, uh, 
uh, TSMC chips, again, so important to our economy. Now, we we have a special visit this afternoon. We're going to a TSMC chip plant. I mean, Taiwan is just kind of like the, the little Swiss uh, watchmaker. Why are they so good at watches in Switzerland? Who knows? But I mean, same with chips. Taiwan is just the world's best chip maker. And I spent some time over here when I was in DOD and uh, uh, couldn't, it was hard to explain. They just get it right and they nail it uh, uh, when it comes to chip manufacturing, which is a very, very complex and expensive process. And you got to get everything. You got to get those jigs and casts and dies set up. I mean, it's big money. You got to get it set up right and correct. And once it's right and correct, you start champ stamping out those chips. You got to get it right. It's a very expensive process and they get it right. Uh, yet Han Ko uh, at the KMT, that's the legacy Gomingdong Chiang Kai-shek party. And uh, not that we're being partisan anyway, it's a big snooze at those, uh, not, not big gatherings. Han Ko is totally in the pocket of the uh, CCP. And uh, he was the candidate from last uh, in 2020. And the Taiwanese very effectively uh, in January, or excuse me, December of 19, November, December of 2019, they passed a law really quickly, forbade, and they called it the anti-infiltration law um, that forbade the taking of money, uh, foreign money, and they arrested a bunch of dirty KMT. Han Ko was the was the candidate back then. Uh, um, President Tsai won and uh, uh, was very good. Totally shut down the the Chinese influence operations. They've already had almost two hundred arrests under the anti-infiltration law. In fact, that, that gentleman at the nighttime outside rally, um, the TPP, they kind of they kind of are the centrist party. We don't want to see fighting between, you know, the uh, KMT and the DPP. Uh, but they, most of them say they want to be independent. Well, if they want to be independent, join the DPP. Why why do you want to be in the TPP? Um, but um, um, Han Ko is, 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 he still has a lot of power and uh, you know, the, the numbers, uh, uh, it's unclear because there's about a 10 day uh, silence window on numbers and polling. Uh, uh, it, it looks like lies in the lead. The question of uh, that's, the, that's the green candidate for the DPP, the populist party. Uh, and uh, so we, uh, we're, we're, we're coming down to the election on this Saturday here. The question is really the legislature. It's pretty, pretty sure, not for sure, we can't say for sure, but it's leaning toward lie for the presidency. The question is the, the National Assembly, the legislative view on who's going to dominate there because if it's split, uh, that could be a little bit of trouble. So Natalie, that's an overview of all the actions and activities over here so far. Well, thank you so much for that extremely thorough overview. Seriously, that was that was wonderful. I'm sure the audience appreciated that. I, I have one question uh, for you before I let you go because you sort of just did everything. You laid it all out for us. You can't get that in the mainstream media. Um, but we were talking with Dr. Bradley Thayer in the previous segment about how we think some of these foreign influence ops that they're using to, to, to infiltrate and influence these elections, that it's sort of like a test run or a trial run for how the CCP could potentially influence the elections here in the United States. I'm just curious your perspective on that. Yeah, the center of gravity of the Chinese influence operation in America is definitely going to be TikTok. And you notice the blue team in America, the Biden team, they've been very hesitant. Now, it's odd. They do allow TikTok uh, in Taiwan. However, uh, with my experience with the uh, uh, Taiwan Ministry of National Defense and the Taiwan Cybersecurity Agency, the Taiwan CERT Community 
computer emergency response team, they are very good at uh, bleeping and uh, 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 deleting TikTok videos that are that are clearly influence activities. And they and uh, they didn't mention that specific aspect, but I just uh, I, I know they're very good at that here. So they're good at throttling the uh, the 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 ones that are clearly shameless uh, uh, influence. That's going to be the tip of the spear in America is TikTok. This is why the blue team in America just declines to uh, they, they might go after they might cut off chips from the mainland. Uh, they might keep Trump t trade tariffs, but they just drag their feet on this TikTok issue. And so that's going to be the tip of the spear for Chinese influence of the American election in November. Colonel Mills, if people want to really get your wonderful analysis, get the, I think it's Substack or the email, where can they go to do all that? At Colonel Rhett John, Substack, Getter and Truth. Colonel Rhett John at Substack, you'll just stop, you'll say, stop, stop sending me things. I'm getting, I'm drowning in all this incredible material. So Colonel Rhett John, Substack, Getter and Truth. I'm also on Fridays, CD Media with the Pacific Sit Rep, also Wednesday, Thursday nights. America Out Loud News Network with the uh, uh, National Security Hour podcast, and uh, then also starting a new show, The Situation Room on Worldview Television with uh, Brandon Howes. Amazing, congratulations, and thank you so much for joining us. Natalie, thank you, always an honor to be on your, on your show with you, thank of you. Course. Thank you, almost as much of an honor as being on with Steve. <laughs> no, I just don't think so self-deprecating. Um, our next guest, Chris, uh, you are joining us. I, I think you have some some more to contribute to the, the discussion of what's going on in Taiwan. Hi, thank you so much for joining us. So I, I'm just curious, where do you think the current state of affairs lies? What do you want to tell the American people about what we need to know ahead of these elections? Hi, uh, hi everyone. Um, I'm, my name is Chris. Uh, I'm a Taiwanese patriot and a patriot and, and a member of NFSC. Um, I think the people need to know is that Taiwan uh, is a, a, love, uh, a, a country that uh, loves freedom, democracy, rule of law, and uh, human rights. We share the same value as Americans. And um, like if we look at uh, re recently uh, our uh, former president Mind Joe's speech, that that was a terrible speech, and Mind Joe is a nightmare uh, for the Taiwan people. Like we firmly oppose Mind Joe because he is a total sellout, and then uh, KMT is a sellout, and then the TPP leader. Kevinzer is also a sellout too. Uh, his his uh, the mind Joe's speech uh, yesterday. Um, it was uh, it doesn't represent Taiwan or any of the people in Taiwan. He only rep represents Xi Jinping. And um, uh, back in times that the legislature uh, controlled under. KMT and Mind Joe blocked the arms sales between the USA and Taiwan for uh, six, nine times. And then like during uh, Mind Joe's interview, 
He criticized Speaker Pelosi and other USA officials who supported Taiwan. So um, as a Taiwanese, we urge the USA government to support Taiwan's sovereignty. We do not want war. We want the world to keep uh, Taiwan straight safe. Taiwan has never caused any damage to the world. Taiwan is not a problem, but a part of, of a solution to the world. As Taiwanese, we want like uh, our next president to defend Taiwan's sovereignty and democracy. We don't want what happened in Hong Kong to repeat again in Taiwan. Uh, we want the international community to support Taiwan's uh, national defense and economic prosperity. So, uh, like Taiwan can uh, work with the rest of the world keep, to keep uh, the, the world safe and we can help the world together to take down the CCP too. So that's what I would like to let everyone know today. And I'm just curious, you know, you're obviously talking to a bunch of American patriots here in the war room. Um, what would you tell them as a cautionary tale, either anecdotally or, or more broadly, but what it looks like when the Chinese Communist Party infiltrates your country, takes over, you know, even personal stories, what does that look like and why should Americans, I mean, not that they don't know, but but why should we really justifiably be so scared of a, a potential CCP invasion or takeover or continued infiltration in Taiwan and here at home? Well, like um, American people need to uh, be careful of the CCP is that what CCP touches, it turns into something really bad. Like if you uh, remember what happened after CCP took China, there was a cultural revolution and all the massacres. So, um, and also if you see what uh, CCP do to the country who joined the One Belt One Road, they, they, they don't get better. Like if they, when they work with CCP, they only get worse. And we see recently that CCP has in infiltrated uh, the whole world. Uh, also, they infiltrate America. We see like how uh, how things changed in in America. But people are fighting, so um, we should keep out the fight and should push uh, CCP away. Uh, we should oppose CCP, and we should like uh, uh, don't give money to the CCP. Like listen to the Mm, advice from new federal state of China and then unite on this issue of taking down the CCP. Yeah. Chris, thank you so much. And I have apparently a bunch of sunlight coming up. Thank you so much for joining us. I know the Warren Posse loves to hear the kind of boots on the ground perspective, what it's really like if people want to follow you, the new federal state of China movement, where can they go to do all that? Oh, I'm, I'm now in the Taiwan farm. It's a part of the new federal state of China. And in Taiwan farm, we have lots of uh, uh, members and we we do online and offline. Online, we, uh, we, we post on Gather 
and uh, um, we post on uh, G News and uh, offline we promote uh, Getter and G News and then we spread the truth to the world. So uh, just thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm sure the posse will love to follow you there. Thank you so much for joining us. And Warren Posse, thank you so much for hanging with me. You guys know we don't want the Chinese Communist Party to infiltrate us any more than they already have. That's why we got to support the parallel and alternative economy, which is, of course, epitomized by Public Square. You got to check it out. Either if you're a business owner like myself, you can go to shopshesorite.co, or if you're a consumer and you want to buy goods from companies that don't hate you and don't want to throw you in prison uh, for daring to question the results of the 2020 election, you can check out Public Square. You can do all that on their website. Really great website to check it out and like i said don't worry steve will be back tomorrow at 10 a.m thank you so much for hanging out with me uh and honestly colonel mills all these guests this is analysis you guys can't get in the mainstream news because they're bought and paid for by the ccp thank you so much for watching you guys have a good evening Tax Network USA is pure war room for solving your IRS tax problems. If you owe back taxes, COVID was your lucky break. Tax court shut down, the IRS paused, and you skated. Well, baby, that party is over. The IRS is adding 20,000 enforcement agents, basically tax cops. Honest, hardworking Americans like you are in the crosshairs. Rich people have tax lawyers, and you don't. You'll pay up, plus interest and penalties. Tax USA Network has brilliant war room type strategies designed to solve your IRS problem quickly in your favor. Never call the IRS yourself. You're at their mercy. You could sit on hold for six to eight hours and get hung up on. Grind you for all your back taxes plus interest and penalties. Tax Network USA attorneys have a preferred direct line to the IRS. They know which agents to talk to and who to avoid. If they get difficult agent, hey, they just call a different agent. Tax Network USA learned of a limited time special IRS offer. The IRS is willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. Find out if you qualify before it's too late. Schedule your free confidential consultation with Tax Network USA. They've resolved over $1 billion in tax debts. Think about that. They've resolved over $1 billion in tax debts. They offer a best-in-class client satisfaction guarantee. Now call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. And visit Tax Network USA. That's TNUSA.com slash Bannon. TNUSA.com slash Bannon. Make sure you take action on this today. This IRS grind is only going to get much worse. Today, 100,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer. Every year, year in and year out, heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com.
WarRoomHealth.com. All one word, WarRoomHealth.com. Use the code WARROOM at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. WarRoomHealth, all one word, WarRoomHealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out.